Welcome to Audio Bobs. Hello. Hello, I'm Danny. Uh, I'm Matt. Welcome to a very snowy Friday. Or, very, well, actually, no, very it's a Wednesday cold. for you guys, isn't it? Well, it's very cold. It's very cold. It's very cold. I just got back from holiday and it's, it's very cold. Yes. So, uh, this week, you're going to be looking at... Uh, so, I've been looking at the uh, Waves Electric 200. So, I thought it was about time we started looking at some... Uh, VSTs and sample packs and cool. things like that because yep. my library for the last few years has been severely lacking. I built, I was doing a lot of uh, film composition and stuff, and I built up a really good library of samples and yeah. And then I haven't really touched it for a long time, and then didn't go back in, kind of updated it with the new things that have come out. Yeah. Cool. So when I kind of started transferring everything over onto this computer, um, I realised there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't properly delved into, I hadn't probably looked at for a while. One of those was the Waves Electric 88, which came out uh, middle of last year, I think about June or July. Okay, so about sort of six, seven months old now. Yeah, which was their uh, Rhodes VST, basically. Um, And it was really good, really, really lovely, and I'll often get that up just just to play just because it's nice and the sound is good. Well, you I were playing it with it earlier on. It sounds inspiring. very lovely. Yeah, it's very lovely. Um, but then in November, they brought out what they call the Electric 200, which is their um, answer to like a Wurlitzer, basically. It's a sample of a Wurlitzer. Awesome. And I just think, you know, they're, they're really simple, both the Electric 88 and the Wurlitzer, and they've done a grand piano as well, which is kind of all, they've, they've bundled them together. Mm-hmm. Um I just think they're really simple. They're kind of get up, no fuss, really good sound really quickly, really great writing tools. All the things that we like, something that you can load in and kind of hit go and straight out of the box, you get something that's pretty good. Yeah. So I thought we'd go through it. I'll show you a few of the few of the presets. I'll show you what all of the knobs do. Cool. um, And we can have a listen to it. Um, Yeah, so we'll have a look at it. When you load it up, it's it's a pretty simple thing. You've got a keyboard um, on the interface, and then all the knobs that control the keyboard, mm-hmm. and then it's got like a little rack unit above it, which has got all of the standard effects that you would use on an electric piano. Okay. It's exactly the same with the Electric 88 as well. You've got exactly the same rack unit above it. It's got... Um, okay, so once you get familiar with it once, it transfers across to yes. other things. Yes, all of hope. the all of the controls are exactly the same. Can you change the rack unit? So if you don't like that one, are you, there other ones that you no, can lob in? No, you can't. You just you get these standard uh if we go from left to right, you get these standard effects. So you've got a tremolo, an auto pan, a phaser, a chorus and a reverb on it. Okay. Is um, that chorus just are, one dial as well? It is one dial. I love that. It is one depth dial, so we'll have a listen to that. It's they've they've gone with just keep it simple. And I think it, and that's what I was saying about just getting it up for writing purposes is absolutely brilliant because you go, oh, I want a bit of chorus. You hit the chorus button, you twist the dial until it sounds right. You've got your chorus sound. Yeah. Um, And they're all perfectly usable. Just because it's quick and easy doesn't mean you can't keep it in a mix. It's it's a perfectly good sounding uh, VST to use in a mix. Um, I think it's really really solid what they've managed to sample the way they've managed to sample it and emulate it i think they've done and, really well you know the, the it's the classic thing as well with all of this um with all the digital stuff and all the vst you just save the patch that you like so once you've got something that sounds good you create your own preset and you yeah, go of course. 
Danny's writing tool number one. And yeah. then you load it up and you load Danny's writing and you tool load number that, one. That sound that and you love and yeah. it all, it's just there all the time. And it comes bundled with some really good presets as well. There's a decent preset library flicking through. I'd say there's probably a couple of hundred presets in there. Yeah, there looks like a lot. 150, 200 presets. So, you know, it comes with some really good stuff. Um, we'll have a quick listen to just the basic. I've turned everything off. The effects unit is all the way off and everything is either turned to zero or to 12 o'clock, depending on the type of knob it is. Yeah. So we'll just have a quick listen to how it sounds and then I'll talk you through the actual controls on the keyboard itself. Cool. So that's just it in standard mode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we start on the very left, we've got a velocity curve. So that's currently set to 12 o'clock. Okay. You can bring the velocity curve all the way to the minus side, which uh, it just changes the shape of the attack, basically. Okay. So you just ramp into the attack slower. So if I just play that first chord again, you can just hear it's got far less attack on yeah, it. Yeah, if I Even if I hit it hard... You really you don't really get the attack. you really got to have to really hit it until yeah. it starts uh, punching through. Yeah, if we take it all the way to the other side, then it <laughs> then it full on, it gives you all of the attack straight away. Okay. It's like straight in. Um, so I will set that back to 12 o'clock. This formant control. Now, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is where yeah. I got confused. You and I just spoke about this. Um, I'm going to have me, to find that page again. Let me tell you what the uh, manual says that this control does. Okay. It's worth pointing out that the manual is wrong. Um, <laughs> well, the manual isn't wrong. It no, the just, manual just doesn't explain it very well at all. You know, you read, well, read this and then we'll see. Yeah. You know. So to quote it, the formant control changes the sound character, but not the pitch. Each step equals half a tone. This means that when set to minus 12, the piano sound character will be lower by one octave, but the pitch will not change. I think I read that at least 10 times well and still pitch, didn't quite get it pitch i suppose they're using rather than middle c you know the pitch is c yes so it, what i think <laughs> what i think they're meaning is that you can reduce that by an octave but the pitch of c is still a C yeah, rather the, than an E flat. The way I understand it, and we'll just listen to it because I think that's far easier. Yeah. The way I understand it is it's essentially changing the uh, the pitch of the harmonics yes. around the note. Yeah. But to me, it just sounds softer and then more aggressive. Basically. To me, I would use that almost like um, a deep switch or a bright switch. Yeah, you know, kind of, it's yeah. kind of like a tone. It's it like is. a tone it's a, thing it's a rather, tone than knob, a, rather than a rather uh, uh, than a pitch knob. Yeah, oh, for sure. Too many pitches. So, so set at twelve o'clock. That's with our velocity back where it was. Uh, if we crank it all the way to the left, which is minus twelve, we get this. Just a little softer. It's got a little less yep. of the kind of harmonic aggression in it. And if we crank it all the way back to the right, it's just a little bit more. You've got all of that harmonic yeah. content going on. Um, 
those two knobs, the velocity and the formant knobs, together gives you a huge range yeah, of tonal possibilities. It's really nice if you want to run, take the formant down to about nine o'clock and bring the velocity curve right down. It's really, really soft and it's kind of really washy and atmospheric. It's really beautiful. It's just really soft, it's yeah, really, really inoffensive. Nice. Um, yeah, for me, I'd have the formant set at about one o'clock. Okay, let's do that. And the velocity control set at about 10. Let's do that. Because then depending on the amount of attack that you give the keyboard, yes. you can it's, have... It, it's, it's, it's a it's little bit more responsive. Very you can, dynamic. You can get the, the aggression out of it if you hit it really hard, but actually it's, it's quite responsive and quite, um, quite soft. I'm going to set both of those back to uh, zero, back to 12 o'clock, yep. and we'll move on. So there's this instrument selector, which basically is just two different types of Wurlitzers. Okay. Um, so instrument one sounds like this. Instrument two sounds like this. Okay. It's just... Two, it's just two Wurlitzers that yeah. they've sampled, basically. I'm going to leave it on instrument one because I do prefer it. I was going to say, I think instrument two for me is a bit more... It's got that kind of cool gospel thing. Yeah. But that's not very It's a bit neat. more vintage as well. It is I a think. bit more vintage yeah. Uh, you've then got this mix section within which you can add samples of the different mechanical noises. So they've got the hammer noise, which is the like actual attack hammer yep. sound. And these are just individual samples, so you can just blend these in. You've got the key up sound, which is the release of the, the of key. The, of the key, the hammer, yeah. No, and not then, the hammer, the key, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, mechanical sound, which is basically all the other noise that goes on, mm. which isn't the hammer and the release of the key. Okay, so this is uh, with the hammer slider fader all the way up. So it adds. You can yeah. you can clearly hear that, which it, is it's it, instantly the midi hateful thing that you get. Nasty. It's a bit nasty. It's a bit nasty. Uh, this is the key up sound. Okay. And it and it just it's when you just release the key, basically. Yep. And then the mechanical sound we've got here. I want this to be like properly steampunky. I want to hear like, you know, all of the noises. Cogs and machines <laughs> going on in the background. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's Yeah. But with a nice blend of them, so if I bring them all to a decent place and then play something, you can get a really nice sound. Okay, it just it adds it, it, it adds more real realism makes, to the sound. Yeah, it makes it uh, way more authentic rather yeah. than just an instrument that is a MIDI keyboard plugged into your computer. It's like a you know the actual. Yeah, it just thing. sounds like it's been mic'd up a bit more. Yeah. And, uh, then we've got a compression knob, single knob compression, which is, is just exactly what it, you want it to do. So, and if you don't know about compression, then you should go back, <laughs> should and, go back listen and listen to our to last podcast, podcast number four. <laughs> so this is compression all the way up. That's very squashed, isn't it? It is. But it does, you know, 
Uh, halfway is about this. Boom. It just, you know, it's it's just nice to have that there. Mm-hmm. Like we said, with with just loading it up for writing, it's just good to have a compression knob there. Dial it in about halfway. I'd probably not use it in a mix. Um, this amp section, which comes next, is nice. This is now putting it through a cab, putting a microphone in front of it. Yep. So you can switch this whole section, the whole amp section, on and off. And then you have a drive knob and an AB switch. The AB switch is switching the type of microphone used on the cab. Oh, cool. So in What the, are the two types? You've got condenser and dynamic. Okay. So in the A position, it's a condenser mic. In the B position, it's a dynamic. So if we turn the amp on, I'll play a little bit and then I'll flick the amp on. This is with the drive knob all the way down and the condenser mic on. And then on. So now we're getting some natural kind yeah. of speaker compression that you would get from, yeah. an, from an amp. Yeah. Um, I'll play that again in the condenser position then flick it into the dynamic mic position you can hear the difference and that's where i think it's starting to sound now you're starting to get the character of those kind of you know stevie wonder and steely dan records yeah it's surprisingly accurate well it's surprisingly authentic i should say yeah it it starts to feel flat it's it is what it is. It's just a keyboard VST. Yeah. Uh, once you start adding some, you know, we've got. I've left all of these on, so we've got a little bit of that mechanical noise in there, the the hammer noise and stuff. Well, that's left, the mix section, isn't it? Yeah, I've left the compression up about halfway. We've now got the amp section turned on with the the dynamic mic selected. I'll bring in a bit of the drive. So this is it all the way up. It's just a little bit... Uh, it's a bit fuzzy. It's a bit I It's find... a bit obvious that it's yeah. not the real thing. But what about if it's kind of sort of on just a little bit? So Is if we it... go... Let's go to about 10 o'clock. Yeah. I find it doesn't bring that much to it. Yeah. It doesn't add a lot it's to it. It's almost all or nothing a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. So okay. it's it's less usable. Um, and then you've just got a tone section. So you've got a, a bass, which is a low shelf roll off. Yeah. Mid, which is just a, a mid boost, like a bell boost or cut. Okay. And then the treble, which is a high shelf. So, you know, they're all that they're, they're standard, so presumably standard they, EQ controls. Presumably they start at 12 o'clock and go in they, other directions. They start at 12 o'clock and they boost and cut. Um, if we go very quickly through the effects just so you can hear how they sound. The reverb is really nice. I'll start on the right-hand side with the reverb. Okay. This is how it loads up. It just puts it in a really nice space. Just a really nice little bit everywhere. You can crank it up. It goes up to six seconds. So you can it's you wow. can have a really long reverb on it, which How is big's your cathedral. <laughs> you'd like to put it in. It's really nice for that kind of more atmospheric type stuff. Cool. It's a really soft, really long reverb. Um, we've also got a chorus, so I've taken the reverb back off so we can hear all of these independently. Got a chorus, which is just a one-knob chorus. It's just labeled depth. Excellent. Um, how much? How much depth? So if we put it at 12 o'clock, so if we put it kind of 50%. 
just a really nice chorus. It is nice, yeah. actually. It's a it thing. just just adds a little bit of movement, just adds a little bit more character to it. Um, the phaser, I haven't actually used the phaser yet, so let's see how it well, sounds. Let's see what that sounds like. This is, again, how it just default loads up. It's nice. It's quite a vintage sounding phaser. Yeah. All of the 80s. All of the 80s phaser. Quite cool. I like that. Uh, there's an auto pan, does what it says on the tin. Quite nice, actually. It's quite nice. It's kind of cool. It does a job. All of these just subtly, you add them all together, you just get a nice bit of movement in mm. it. Uh, and then finally, there's a tremolo, which you just, I, there should always be tremolo on electric yeah. pianos, always. <laughs> nice it's very nice just straight out of the tin really subtle it's just a little bit like you said it's just a little bit of movement as in when you yeah kind of when as in when you expect it actually yeah they all add just a really lovely extra bit of movement i think this whole series that waves have released are well worth looking at so the 200 that we've been looking at the electric 88 which is the the kind of road sound which Mm. is really really nice um and what they've called their grand 80 I think that you know waves are waves are good. Yeah. Waves wave stuff is you know, you know it's going to be good. I don't think I've got a single waves plugin that I bought and then went oh well that well didn't do what I expected yeah. it to do. Are they expensive? Um, so because really, I, I don't really know anything about them. Really. They're, they're cheap by wave standards. Um, <laughs> this, it doesn't fill me with confidence, Danny. <laughs> the electric two hundred is still on, or at least last time I checked, mm. is still on an introductory price of thirty nine dollars. So, 30 quid, which isn't a lot. So, I'm just getting their way, their, their stuff up. So, the Electric Grand is normally $69. It's currently on sale for $39. Yep. The Electric 200 is currently the same. So, okay. 69 down to 39 And the Electric 88 is at 69 I guess because they brought that out longer ago and they've stopped their introductory price offer. Yeah. As with all wave stuff, I don't think I've ever bought anything when it's been face value. Get it when it's cheap. Yeah. You know, build up your collection. Get it when it's, you know, if they do a sale, like they do a Black Friday sale or a Black Monday. What is it? Black Friday? Black Week? Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Thank yeah. you. The wave stuff's always on sale because I don't think, I don't know anybody who buys Waves plugins at full price. I know a lot of people that don't buy Waves plugins. They just pirate them. And that's a whole different conversation. I'm not suggesting that anyone does. No, it's a... Really? Yeah, I think Waves are, Waves are the guys that get it the worst when it comes to pirating. I think you can you can download pretty much every plugin they have in a, in a single torrent and just install the whole lot. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think if you're using it all the time, like I am, I know I've used Wave stuff on other people's computers... And I know what I like, and so I've bought those things that I know that I like. There yeah. are there are certain ways plugins that I cannot do without, and then there's others that are you know thirty nine dollars is nothing for a for an electric keyboard. Yeah, yeah, it's thirty quid for crying out loud. It's, yeah. there's no it's no money at all. Yeah, I'm just flicking through. Um, I'm just trying to find a a Wurlitzer for sale. I can't find one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just flicking through Native Instruments because obviously Native Instruments are kind of the leaders in a lot of these things. Yeah, and they've got a. Scarby A200, which is like a Wurlitzer kind of electric piano sound. That's £59. 
I think if you've got a good place to start, and as I said, we're going to look at some more sample packs. Yeah. Um, we'll look at some more kind of accessible ones, some of the native instruments and that. Yeah. But it, we'll also look at some kind of more obscure stuff, some lesser known brands. There's some really good guys coming out with some really interesting sample packs and, yeah. and VST instruments and stuff. The but other- I think if you Sorry. start with uh, something like uh, Native Instruments Complete, and with complete, you get everything. You know, you get all of the. It's a bit more for complete ultimate, which actually gives you everything. But yeah. the standard complete package gives you. You know, you get like six grand pianos and a load of electric pianos and some strings and some percussion and some drums and. Yeah. It's all really, really, really good stuff. Yeah. And it's all in one big bundle that you just pay for in one go, and then you've got it all there at your disposal, and you can build out on it over time. You can add to your sample library. And, and again, you know. <laughs> If you're running a studio or you're doing a lot of arranging and things like that, a thousand pounds, eight hundred quid, whatever it's going to cost you to get those good bits and pieces, you know they're going to last forever. Oh yeah, and then you've got them also yeah, yeah, yeah. forever. And you know if you think, if you think about how much that has potential to earn you as yeah. well, then there's that. The other thing that I'd like to take a look at is to strip this right back to basics because we've done a lot of stuff. We work through Pro Tools in um, in Danny's studio. Um, I want to do um, a deep dive like we did with the um, compression. I'd want to. I want to do one for the sample packs that go with GarageBand. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Because a lot of guys, if you're just starting out and you've bought a Mac, you know that's a big purchase on its own to yeah. get a Mac. Well, you have GarageBand at your disposal, and those GarageBand packs are seventy nine dollars or something. Yeah, the like jam that. packs. The jam packs, yeah. um, and they're not as good as these. They're not as comprehensive as these, but they're also $79. And I think the thing is with GarageBand is because the sample packs aren't as good, you learn, you're forced to learn how to play those instruments. Yes. So your string sounds, your orchestral sounds and things like that aren't great. So you learn kind of how to expressively play a keyboard in the right way to get those sounding more real. Yep. And I think it's easy to go out and spend a ton of money on something insane like the Vienna Symphonic Library, and you st- you've got the the you know most amazing string samples in the world, but you don't know how to play them because you're not a string player. You're exactly. sat at a keyboard. So I think it's a good learning curve as well to start with those really simple samples, the, uh, the really basic stuff. And, yeah. and build on that and, and, and learn by using those. Yeah. I think well, it's important. And the last thing you want to do is go and spend a whole load of money on something and then realize that actually you're not ever going to use all of the functionality of that or yeah. get the most from it. Whereas you could have spent, you know, a tenth of that and have just got two or one good thing that you're going to use loads rather than spend... 10 times that and get, you know, 400 things of which you only use one. Yeah, you know, it's about no, knowing what you want to use. And that's where I think the jam packs are actually a really a good shout to Yeah, because you get a good collection of different things and you can you can learn quickly what you use the most. Yeah. So then when you if if you then start moving over to Logic or something which is the logical extension from GarageBand, yeah. you know what you want to invest your money in. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll look at we'll look at some more stuff. I'll um I'll dive into my ridiculous <laughs> virtual instrument library that's gotten 
far too big for the hard drives I have in my computer. Beautiful. I think it's a good thing for me to learn these instruments, and I think reviewing them on the podcast forces me to to, to look at them. them. Yeah, yeah. Look more. Yeah. You know, I'll look at them far more closely than I would have done before. So. We'll, we'll do some weird, obscure ones and we'll do some more standard ones as well at some point. Sounds good. All right. What okay. is, so what have you been looking at this so, week? Um, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the big... Sounds th- promising. It is, absolutely. So guitar amps. Guitar amps are really loud. Um, yes. well, they don't have to be really loud. This is the thing. The guitarists so, are really loud. Guitarists, we are a loud, broody bunch. Um so broody i don't mean broody we're just we just want children that's <laughs> all we really want we're just a loud moody bunch is probably the best thing um so guitar amps i always use valve guitar amps i like valves i like how they respond you know there's some amazing transistor amps out there there's some great bits and pieces but for me they d- they don't do what i want them to do yeah. you know i know a lot of guys that run um i had a friend of mine who's got one of the uh, the sans amp 60 watt transistor amp and i used it at a jam night and it's amazing yeah okay. it was wicked yeah the, um, the tech 21 stuff's really good yeah but yeah so i use i use valve amps but when i go and do recordings and even live you know they sound best when you turn them up and when they you know start to naturally distort yeah um and when you get the valves cooking um, is when they... Is when they sound the best. Of, it's when they sound alive and yeah. they're really dynamic and they respond well. So this week I'm going to look at attenuators because you don't want to kill anyone that's standing in front of your uh, amp. But, you know, you want it... You want to crank it without it being loud. Thank you. I couldn't... This <laughs> words today are clearly an issue. Um, so for me, there's kind of two types well there's two types of attenuator there's passive attenuators and and active attenuators um but there's also kind of two attenuator types in those as well so um there's the attenuator that i I use so i use we're using my app today rather than the danny's so i've got a mango duo 18 um that's running uh, one of the THD hot plate attenuators, which I've been looking to get for a good couple of years now. They've been around for ages. Um, and there's a fantastic company uh, or a little guitar shop down in Brighton called Badlands Guitars. Badlands. We love Badlands. Yeah, Badlands, if place. you're listening to this, we, we want your help with a few things. Um, <laughs> give us free stuff. Give us free. No, don't give us. No way, do give us free stuff. Um, uh, but they uh, they had a secondhand one that just came into the shop. Um, it was there for, I think, something like 26 minutes before I bought it. I, it just came up online. I went, yep, there it is, and I'll buy it. Um, so that my Mango's got the, uh, the THD hot plate, the A-Tone version in, because that's what my um, amp is, an A-Tone. Um, but I've also got this little pedal called, uh, I think it's called a Leech from Vein Tap. Uh, they make some little pedals and some bits and yeah. pieces. Um, but that's a, a passive attenuator that looks like a foot, like a little um, It's a stomp box. It is a stomp box, yeah. yeah, with a little dial on it, and yeah. you can attenuate the sound. But they work in different ways, or you put them in your amp chain in different places. Right. So um, so let's go to the main one that we're looking at today, which is the, the THD. So THD hot plate. Um, if you're looking for a good attenuator, and it's kind of like a... It's a kind of a good medium priced kind of thing if you buy them outright i think i paid like 150 quid second hand for mine so i think they're like 200 and something quid brand new okay um they're not big money and you can 
get good sounds out of your amp, but at reduced volume, which yeah. is the whole point of a, an attenuator, really. They are set to um, specific um, impedances. So okay. I've got the purple one. That's an 8-ohm yep. one. There's a 2-ohm, which is gold, 2.7, which is green, 4-ohm, which is red, the 8-ohm, which is purple. That's the one I've got. And the 16-ohm, which, um, which is blue. So... <sighs> I don't really want to go in too much to the actual attenuator. I don't want to look at that. There's some functions. You can have it so that it doesn't attenuate at all or it attenuates uh, a little bit or a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, all the way down to you get minus 16 dB. And at that point, you've got a separate dial which allows you to then uh, change the amount of volume at minus 16 dB. Right, okay. Um, what is good, and you slightly touched on, an amp, head needs a load it's got to send all the power somewhere the thd allows you to do that without being plugged into a speaker cab oh so it can take the whole load so of the it amp. can take the whole load of the amp this again goes back to matching it to the impedance but also matching it to the wattage right um, i think these ones will take up to 100 watts maybe or maybe 50 watts doesn't really matter i run an 18 watt head you know, yeah and plug it into anything yeah, so the THDs, I think all of these do this as well. They've got um, speaker outs on the back, but they've also got this load function, which you can flip on. And then if, like your um, bass head, you can just plug it then straight in to whatever you want okay, to record cool. to. So which you, can, is you can just run it. You can then plug it into a, a cab simulator or something. Yeah. yeah. You don't actually have to have a speaker in the way to take the load. Exactly. The, the hot plate will take the, the whole load. The hot plate will take the whole load. It's, worth, it's probably worth... Uh, explaining where it sits in your signal path real yes. quick because that that kind of yeah. will make understanding how it works a little bit easier so am i right in that you take the speaker out from your head you take yeah. the speaker you, you plug into the speaker out you plug a speaker cable in that speaker cable then goes into the back of the hot plate into the input yes and then you run the output of the hot plate into your speaker cabinet yeah exactly so, so that's so this is where there's between the, the head and the speaker oh right okay. yeah so this is so this is where that thd and this is where a lot of them will work as well so there's a couple of other ones so there's um uh, there's the weber the weber stuff is amazing i think it's weber w-e-b-e-r with one b okay um, there's the mass attenuators um there's a few of these again they're all matched to different impedances and it's the same with the Rivera Rock Crusher and the same with the Palmer ones and with the Fryett Power Station um, ones and the Bad Cat Unleash. All of these go, you plug your guitar into your head, the head goes into the attenuator, the attenuator goes into the speaker cab. Yes. So basically... So it just gets in the way in yeah. between the head and the cab. Yeah. Right. So that's the first way that m most of the bigger, more powerful attenuators that of how these ones, of how they work, that's where you put them in your signature. Right. The other way, so which is the same with the vein tap, the leech, it works in the same way as uh, a volume pedal. Okay. So it sits on your board, um, and you can then put it anywhere in your signal chain. So they're not really taking the load of the power from the power valves and then giving it to the speaker, but at reduced volume, what you're doing is you're reducing the amount of signal that's hitting the amp. So it's like turning down your guitar, in effect. Right, which allows you to crank your amp up a which bit Which allows higher. you to turn your amp up a bit. On the board, you can put it right at the beginning, 
so that it reduces the amount of signal that hits the pedal board and the amp and all the preamp valves and the power valves. You can also then put it after all of your drive pedals. So you put the full whack of the signal through your guitar, through your overdrive pedals, and then it goes into the leech or the, the whatever attenuator you're using. There's a good electroharmonic one called the uh, signal pad. You hit that on and then you get all of the overdrive sound that you want and then it reduces and backs down the volume. Okay. And then it hits the amp. But that then also hits all the all of the valves, including the preamp valves. Yeah. Alternatively, you can put it in the effects loop, which is after the right. preamp, but before the power amp. So you so, still hit the preamp valves. So this yeah. is that 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 then is when because I'm the preamp I'm valves to... give you the tone. The yes. power valves give you the volume. Yes. That's the best way to look. Um so those are the kind of the two big ones. Really, it's um it's a case of do you want something that's like the THD, which can do lots and lots of things, or do you just simply, at a gig, want to turn the preamp valves up, and but turn the amount that's coming out of the speaker down? Yeah. Um, I use my THD everywhere because I don't have um, an effects loop on the Mango, so, so this, I have this no choice. So this is your only option. Yeah, it is. Um, so should we do some, uh, should we look at some demos, and I'll, I'll give you some examples of yeah. some attenuated sounds and some not... Okay, so uh, this is it. Off All I've got going through it is just a Fender Strat um, and a Boing pedal, which is a little bit of reverb. And this is just the amp as it is in the room with, with the attenuator off completely. It's a nice sounding amplifier. It's changed considerably since we'd sound checked it about two hours ago, but that's absolutely fine. It's gotten cold now. It has. Well, it's got cold, but it's also sort of got warm at the same time. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it's a it's a nice sounding amp, but, you know, this is in an isolated booth. You know, it's it's loud. And whilst you're recording, that's not too much of an issue. Normally, you'd put it like we've got it in another room with the door shut or in an isolation booth or something like that. Yeah. But certainly live, you know, unless you've got it off stage or pointed backwards or something, you know, someone who's dancing in front of you, even from 20, 25 foot away, is only going to hear guitar. Yeah. They're not going to get anything else. And I think that's more where more the problem than just being loud. It's it's if you've got an amp on stage kicking out that much volume, yeah. then you're you're messing with the mix out from from an engineer's point of view. Yeah. You're messing with the mix out front. I want a guitarist as quiet as humanly possible on stage so I can get a good mix out front. I can give you your guitar back in your wedges or in your ears or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um I need a manageable volume, which is a constant battle with guitarists, well, getting them to turn down. You know, but I appreciate that that by turning down on, with a proper amp, you're sacrificing tone. Yes. So it's always that battle of getting it as loud as you can feasibly have it on stage yeah. without destroying the front of house sound. And well, I mean, so I did. Um, uh, I had a, a house band house band gig over December. And the stage that I was playing on, where my amp was, was right at the back of the stage and probably 15 foot from the front of the stage, 15, 20 foot from the front of the stage. And then there's a dance floor, which has, you know, got loads of other speakers and stuff hitting it anyway. But 
when I didn't have the attenuator, I didn't take it to one of the, you know, 16, 17 dates that I did, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was ridiculous because I had to, you know, I had to have the amp on one, two, yeah. something like that, even though it's only an 18 watt amp. You know, it's not a, a high powered amp. But, you know, there's... um. There's there's good reasons there's good reasons to have it and like you said that battle you know amps sound good I just want to read a quick thing because I I'd forgotten that some I don't have this issue because I have an 18 watt amp however um, I'd forgotten that some some of the bigger wattage amps so like the 100 watt Marshall I think it's the JCM 800 um, like the classic amps um, they have a bright cap which only kicks in when you turn it up. Oh, okay. So you have to have it yeah. cranked to get that tone. To get that classic Marshall overdriven right. sound, you won't get if you turn it up. I don't know what the, I don't know at what point at what it is. what volume it kicks. When you get above four or five right. on the, um, so on the volume. A Marshall cranked is a different tone. It's not even yeah. just that it's louder. Yeah. It's, it's actually... It is a different sound. It's actually got yeah. a little tone, bit of tone shaping that comes yeah. in when it's louder. Yeah. Which, of course, this is where the attenuator is going to come in because yeah. you can turn it up to exactly where you want it and then turn it down. But that's, again, the point. So, uh, this is the amp... <laughs> Um, sounds great, but, you know, for what we're doing now, it's fine, but it's going to be too loud live. It's worth noting that actually, before it's volume matched, this is going to be now a lot quieter, because, am I yeah. right, you've now attenuated it all the way? Yeah, so this is now on its minus 16 dB setting. Um, I don't tend to use this, but it's obviously it's the best example to, to show what it actually yeah. will sound like. I think I normally run the attenuator on, I think, minus 4 or minus 8 Right. Venue depending. Okay. Um, and this is on minus 16. And this is on the minus 16. Okay. Um, just on that note of kind of, oh, I don't use an attenuator because it changes the tone of my amp. Um, that's not strictly true. It changes the way the speaker is reacting, not the amp. Right. Because obviously it's not being the speaker fed is as not much. Being fed it's not as being fed as much. It's not, it's moving, not moving as much air. Yeah. Um, what is kind of nice... Some of them do change the tone a little bit. The THD ones have uh, circuits built in to adjust for your natural, for your ears' natural response to tone. Right. So obviously, your ear responds and hears frequencies differently when they're louder at different volumes. Yeah. yeah. So if you're expecting one thing at a certain volume the THD compensates when you turn the volume down. It brings up the highs and the lows. Oh, okay, that's clever. Yeah. So uh, this is the attenuator at uh, its maximum setting. Okay, so it's worth noting, just that I will leave unvolume matched. Okay. So that you can hear the volume difference. Yeah. I will now, if you play that again, I will now volume match it to the, the, the beginning one with no attenuator. Okay. Because that's a really big difference in terms it's of volume. It's massive. Well, it's 16 decibels it's, worth yeah, of difference. huge amounts of difference. But what you can also hear is that the amp doesn't really sound 
any different. It's still overdriven and it's still spanky. This is actually slightly harder than I drive the amp with an attenuator on anyway. Right. Because uh, I don't like my amps to be quite this crunchy. It's a it's a bit much for me. Um, but it's good for a demonstration. It's good for a demonstration. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, you can. It'll still. It's the amp is still extremely responsive. So it's still very dynamic. So it's still... It's very clean at lower volume yeah. still. Well, that's because the the head is acting no differently to how it was exactly. a minute ago. Nothing yeah. has changed on the head at all. Yeah. So all that all that's changed is the amount of volume being fed to the speaker cabinet. Yeah, exactly. And that's clever. So it's a cool thing. So um, I should have, I do actually own a Vaintap leech, but I didn't bring it with me. But there's no point because I don't have a, a <laughs> an effects an effect loop anyway. In. So I mean, this is the thing about attenuators. Some people love them and use them all the time. I am one of those people. My attenuator, even I have to say, even if it's not on and I'm not using it, it's still plugged in and there in case I do want it for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, there's some amazing attenuators out there. It's worth running through. There's a couple of... Uh, Reverb.com have got a great kind of rundown, actually, and then links to all of the all of them. But yes, so there you go. So that's attenuators. So basically, it's your amp, how you want it to sound, but not with the volume that not is, is unpleasant for anyone that's standing in front of the amp. Um and it's good because then, of course, you can plug in stereo units to most of these. The THD's got two outputs on, so you can... Oh, can it handle two heads? It can handle... It can't handle two heads, but it can handle two speaker cabs. Okay. So, again, this is where impedance gets in the way and, and my lack of knowledge on... <laughs> is it two 16s that makes an 8 or is it two 4s that makes an 8? I can never remember. I think it's two 16s that make an 8. If they're plugged in... In uh, if they're plugged in in series, then two sixteens make an eight, and in series is one after the other, isn't it? Yes. If they're plugged in in parallel, yeah, then two eights makes a sixteen. I'm talking about this like I know. Yes. Uh, so this is one of the things that we want to look at because it com- it crops up in bass heads and amps and it crops up in guitar amps and crops up in loads of bits and pieces and i can never remember basically it will allow the it will allow you to run whatever speakers either in series or parallel that make up eight ohms in total that's the way to think about it in parallel so if you plug your head into you run two outputs from your head into two cabinets yep um, two 16-ohm cabinets would become an 8-ohm yes, cabinet. I thought that's how that worked. In series, if you run one... Parallel is when you run them out of two independent Two jacks. independent outputs. Series is when you series run them out, is of, one when you chain, out of one daisy chain. The next one, then you, you combine the value. So two 16s would become 32. Two 8s would become 16. Okay. Um, where it gets a little bit tricky is a lot of cabs, you can daisy chain... Physically, you're plugging your 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 head has one output. Yeah. Physically, goes into an output in your cab, and then that cab links to the next one. Yeah. But the wiring means it's in parallel. 
And that's where I get really confused. Yes. It's because you can have it, so it physically looks like it's been plugged in in series, but actually the wiring within the back of the cab, it has like a, I don't know how they, I don't know how it's wired. Some but it, but techie the, wizardry. Yeah, but the head sees it as parallel. Okay. It sees it as two independently plugged in cabinets. Again, if you're running a big stereo rig, then, you know, you need to know this stuff. Yeah. Um, and you'll certainly be running an attenuator if you're running a stereo <laughs> uh, rig because you'll probably be running two amp heads and then you're going to kill anyone that stands anywhere near it. Cool. All good. Yeah, I Excellent. think it's a, it's a smart bit of kit. It's a great piece of kit. And it means yep. I don't have to get deafened by your amp. <laughs> neither do your neighbours. Yeah, <laughs> completely, completely. Um, so that's it from Audio Blobs this week. Awesome. So uh, a couple more weeks and we'll do one in February. But I think we're going to do like a NAM special yes. because we have, is it Winter NAM in February? I think it's Winter I think NAM. it is Winter NAM, yeah. No reviews or anything. We'll just have a chat about some of the new stuff to come out of NAM yeah. that's caught our eye. Um, but we'll also have our two regular fortnightly podcast coming out then yep absolutely um you can come and find us um instagram seems to be where everyone seems to kind of contact us and and make a nuisance of themselves which we love <laughs> uh, that's um at audio blobs uh twitter's at audio blobs cast um facebook forward slash audio blobs and obviously these are all on the uh, website which is www.audioblobs.com awesome Excellent. Cool. See you See next you later time. On. All right. Bye.